Matthew chapter 2, verses 13 through 23. Verses 13 through 15. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeareth to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt. And be thou there until I bring thee word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night, and departed into Egypt, and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. Burkett notes, Observe here, one, our Lord's humiliation by persecution in the very morning of his life. He was banished almost as soon as born. Flee into Egypt, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. Ungrateful Herod. Was this entertainment for a savior? What? Raise the country upon Christ as if a destroyer rather than a savior had landed upon thy coasts. Oh, barbarous injustice. To deny a subject the protection of those laws under which he was born. The child of a beggar might claim that as his birthright, which was here denied to the Son of God. Lord, how great a humiliation was this, not only to become an infant, but in thine infancy to be hurried up and down and driven out of thine own land as a vagabond. Observe, too, how our Lord himself in a time of persecution flees for safety, who was able a thousand ways to have preserved himself from danger, teaching us that in times of difficulty and danger tis neither unwarrantable nor unbecoming to preserve our lives by flight. Surely tis no shame for us to fly when our captain doth both practice it and command it also. Christ, by his own example, has sanctified that state of life unto us, and by his command has made it lawful for us. Observe three, the place which Christ flies unto for safety, and that is Egypt, an unlikely place considered in itself. Who could expect liberty in that house of bondage? But any place is good if God sends us thither and Christ be in our company. His presence can make Egypt itself not only safe, but delightful also. Observe four, How readily Joseph complies with the divine command. Instantly he arose and took the young child and fled. Faith gave wings to his obedience, and instantly vanquished all his fears, and afforded a fuller supply than all the treasures of the Arabian princes. Teaching us that when our direction is clear, our compliance is speedy. We cannot be too forward and expeditious in the execution of divine commands. Observe 5. Though Joseph, at the divine command of God, flees presently from Herod's rage, yet he flees privately by night and prudently begins his journey when least notice should be taken of his motion, teaching us that although we have never so many promises of safety and deliverance, yet we must not put God upon working miracles for our preservation when it may be obtained in the use of means. Verse 16. Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wroth, and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem, and in all the coasts thereof, from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. Burkett notes, Observe here how Herod, having played the fox before, acts the lion now. His secret policy not succeeding, he breaks out into open and inhuman cruelty. Learn that when fraud and subtlety fail the enemies of the church, they then fall to open rage and barbarous inhumanity. Thus here these holy innocents fall as a sacrifice to Herod's rage and die for Christ, who came to die for them, and so were martyrs indeed, though not in will. 
Some affirm that Herod did not spare his own child, then at nurse in the coasts of Bethlehem, which made Augustus say he had rather be Herod's hog than Herod's child, because the Jews did never eat swine's flesh, and Herod, in compliance with the Jews, abstained from it also. Verses 17 and 18. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremy the prophet, saying, In Ramah was there a voice heard, lamentation and weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and would not be comforted, because they are not. Burkett notes. Observe here the loud and bitter cry which the mothers of Bethlehem make for the death of their innocent children, which were barbarously slain by the sword of Herod. Here was lamentation, weeping, and great mourning made by Rachel, that is, by the women inhabiting in and about Bethlehem, where Rachel's sephlica was. For the land about Bethlehem was called Rachel, from her sephlica, so famous in those parts. Rachel here is not the name of a person, but of a place. Observe, too, the cause and reason of this cry and bitter lamentation. The mothers weep not because their children are, but because they are not. They did not, with some wicked parents, repine because they had children, but because they had lost them. Mothers have the sharpest throes, both in their children's birth and burials. As children in their births are their mother's Benjamins, so in their burial are they their mother's Beonis, sons of sorrow. Verses 19 and 20. But when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeareth in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and go into the land of Israel. For they are dead, which sought the young child's life. Burkett notes. Observe 1. Herod's death. Like a bloody persecutor, he is sent unlamented to his grave. Historians say that out of his body issued forth such impure streams of blood that the loathsomeness and pain made him attempt the killing of himself. God seldom suffers persecutors to pass in quiet to their graves. They rarely die the common death of all men, having no other balm at their funeral than their own blood. Observe, too, the happy consequence of Herod's death. Christ is now called home without danger. Herod being sent to his grave, coast is clear for the return of the Holy Family. The death of persecutors is the delivery of the persecuted. Observe 3. An angel is dispatched to acquaint Joseph with Herod's death. Oh, how cheerfully do those glorious spirits execute the commands of their sovereign master. With what delight do they carry the message of God's kindness to their fellow creatures. Lord, what an argument is this of thine love unto us, that in this, our pilgrimage state, Thou allowest thine own royal guard to attend and preserve us. Verses 21 and 22. And he arose and took the young child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus did reign in Judea in the room of his father Herod, he was afraid to go thither. Notwithstanding, being warned of God in a dream, he turned aside into the parts of Galilee. Burkett notes. Observe here, one, the just fear that Joseph has upon his mind that Herod's son would be as bloody a tyrant as his flagitious father. No wonder the children of cruel persecutors are suspected to tread in their bloody parents' steps. Observe, too, how God's warrant and direction doth quiet Joseph's mind, resolve his doubt and remove his fears, and make him readily comply with the command of God. Being warned of God, he removes out of Egypt into Galilee.
Oh, how safe and satisfactory is it in all our ways to follow the call and command of God. Joseph and Mary durst not move their feet, no, not out of Egypt itself, till God gives them a warrant for their departure and bids them go. Verse 23. And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets. He shall be called a Nazarene. Burkett notes. A threefold interpretation is given of these words, he shall be called a Nazarene. Some read the words, one, he shall be called a Nazarite. The Nazarites were a religious and separate rank of persons among Jews who abstained from wine and came not near the dead for fear of pollution. Christ was a holy person, but no Nazarite in the strict sense, for he drank wine and touched the dead. Two, others read the words, he shall be called a Nazareth, a branch, in allusion to Isaiah 11.1, 1, where he is called a branch of the root of Jesse. Christ was the true branch of which the prophets had so often spoken. 3. Others will have the word Nazarene refer to the city of Nazareth, where Christ was conceived and lived most of his time. He shall be called a Nazarene, because he dwelt at Nazareth. Hence, his disciples were called the sect of the Nazareans, that is, the followers of him that dwelt at Nazareth. And Christ himself is pleased to own the title. Acts 22.8 I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom thou persecutest. Learn from hence the great humility of mind that was found in our Savior. He was born at Bethlehem, a little city. He lived at Nazareth, a poor, contemptible place. He aspires not after the grandeur of the world, but is meek and lowly in spirit. May the same humble mind be in us, which is also in Christ Jesus. <laughs>